subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. Y'all ready for this? This is the Gimme the Hogs Chuck Podcast presented by Weikert Realtors, the Griffin Company. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. He is a loathsome, offensive brute, yet I can't look away. This is the business we've chosen. Besides the Razorback Nation, everybody else thought we was going to get our butt kicked. You didn't think we was going to, Chuck. I got a couple of things on my list today. As we get underway on the Gimme the Hawks Chuck podcast presented by Wiker Realtors, the Griffin Company. Basketball, obviously. Arkansas and Oklahoma getting set to play on Saturday over in Norman. The third and final installment of the Cardinal and Crimson Classic. I don't know if three installments make it a classic. They'll keep playing each other, but it'll be a conference game after that. But we're going to talk about that as we go through the podcast today. And, you know, the transfer portal remains active. Uh, You know, lots of guys are entering into the portal. We aren't hearing about yet here anywhere else. A lot of the guys that are coming in through the portal. It always looks worse when they're going out than it does when they're coming in. So we'll see how all that transpires. We'll talk about some of that as we move along today. And uh, Charlie Baker, the NCAA president, not a household name by any stretch, but his proposal uh, involving college sports, specifically college football, has garnered a good bit of attention this week in the college football world especially. And we'll talk about that a little bit as we go through the podcast today. It is a day late. Yesterday, I was under the weather. I just felt awful. But thanks to the miracle of modern medicine and a good old-fashioned shot in the rear end, I'm ready to go today. So let's get started. Arkansas and OU on Saturday. Oklahoma's 8-0. You know, they beat Providence, ran them off the floor two nights ago over in Norman, beat them 72-51. Four of their five starters scored in double figures. They've got a 6'4 guard that had a double-double, 17 points, 12 rebounds. They out-rebounded Providence 40-23 in that game. This is going to be a physical test. What we don't know yet is whether or not Trevin Brazil is going to play. Maybe we'll have a better idea tomorrow. Obviously, we'll find out on Saturday. Musk said yesterday he's not done anything this week in terms of on-the-floor stuff. Not ready to do that. Um, Now, Today's Thursday. We're 48 hours away from the basketball game. So he's still got some time to heal, still got some time to take treatment, which I'm sure is virtually nonstop right now. So I wouldn't rule him out, but you can't rule him in either. I'll tell you what I like about this team, though. Let's just move beyond the possibility of Brazil playing Saturday, whether he does or not. I don't know if you've noticed, but in the last three halves of basketball, Arkansas has shot better than 60% in all three of those halves. You know, when they beat Furman earlier this week, they shot 61% on the night. 60.5% in the first half and right around 61, 61 61.5% in the second half. They shot 42% from beyond the three-point line. This really started in the second half against Duke. You know, if you look at the second half against Duke, Arkansas shot 61% in the final 20 minutes against the Blue Devils. They were four of eight from beyond the arc 
Now, they took fewer threes in the second half than they did in the first. They were 5 of 14 in the first half. That's not bad. But this team is really shooting the ball well. Now, they've got some issues here and there that they've still got to work out. But this is a good offensive team. I would hope that we're going to even shoot better than we have. You know, Davenport's a guy that we see it every day in practice. I mean, he should have a higher percentage than he does. Devo Davis last year in SEC play was incredible from three-point range, and he'll shoot a higher percentage just like he did last year as the season progresses. And then the other guys have done a good, you know, T-Mark is such an underrated three-point shooter. I mean, people want to back off him. Thank you. If you crowd him, he's got a quick first step as well. And we've discussed battle. Um, And then L. Ellis is going to, I mean, I think we have three guys on our roster that's career-wise are much much better three-point shooters than what they've shot in a small sample size thus far, those being Devo Davis, L. Ellis, and and Davenport, I think all those guys. But Brazil, as good a pick-and-pop player as, as there is in the country right now as far as somebody at his size battle shooting at a high level and and we certainly like the fact that you know we're also one of the best free throw attempt teams in the country as well so if you can mix up three-point shooting with dribble drive attacks to the rim I think that that's a positive for us and certainly we have to get a lot lot better defensively well you'd expect must to bring up the defense at the end and look you know I sit right there by the bench during the ball games and I'm going to tell you he's frustrated with the defense virtually all of his outbursts You know, when he's slapping the scores table, when he's yelling, when he's calling guys over and dressing them down. Every single time, virtually, it has to do with something that's happening on the defensive end. I really don't think he's all that worried about the offense. I think he knows this team can score. See, I think battle's the real deal. I think battle's the difference. Whether he starts, whether he comes off the bench, this guy is a scorer. A couple things. One, can get his shot off real quick, can elevate over people. And if you crowd him, he's going to take the ball to the basket and draw free throws attempted. So when you have a guy that can shoot, dribble, and draw FTAs, it makes him really hard to guard. And he has deep range. So I think all those things, you know, factor into his ability to to have an impact on the game offensively. I was listening to Muss's preview of the Oklahoma game earlier this week. It was brought up in the press conference. I don't know who brought it up. And I've not really looked it up, but I'm going to take their word for it. But if you go back to his final games at Temple and you combine them with his first, I guess, nine games at Arkansas, um, you know, he's scored better than 20 points more times than not. In a majority of those games, he scored better than 20 points. This guy's the real deal. And I'm not saying that there aren't other real deals on this team. There are. But you know, if they can all figure out how to give Muss exactly what he wants on the defensive end without what's happening on the offensive end suffering, I still think this team's got a chance to be really good. Um, I like teams that can score. I I mean, that's just – I'm not saying defense is not important. It is. It, It is very important, particularly for this coach. And when you look at the teams that are still standing at the end, how you defend is a big, big part of it. But, man, you got to score. you got to have guys that can put the ball in the basket. Arkansas has got that. You know, it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me if the game on Saturday, you know, both teams are in the 80s by the time it's over. But I do think, I do think there will be a point for this basketball team, Arkansas. I can't necessarily speak for Oklahoma. Don't watch them. 
But I think for the Razorbacks, when you look at the parts that they have and the talent pool from which Muss can delve into, um, I still think this is going to be a really good defensive team by the time it's over. Um, now, they'll be challenged on the interior Saturday in a big way. Oklahoma's got four big guys in there, and particularly if Brazil can't play. I mean, you're going to be asking, you're going to be asking guys to play some extended minutes maybe in there, and I'm sure they'll try to take advantage of that. But um, I still think this has got a chance to be the type defensive team must wants. And offensively, offensively, uh, they've got a lot of guys that can beat you. Hey, if you're buying or selling a home, if you're in the real estate market, I want you to listen to me talk just for a minute about Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company. Real estate professionals, the best trained in the business. That's what separates Weikert from everybody else. They've got the best training program in the real estate business today. And that's why when you partner with an agent from Weikert Realtors, the Griffin Company, you're going to get the best trained in the business. This is the Weikert Agency's top franchise in America two years running. There are a lot of Weikert agencies in America. The best in the country, two years running. Weikert Realtors, the Griffin Company. That tells you they know what they're doing. I partnered with them on multiple occasions. First to buy, then to sell, then to buy, then to sell. It's different. It's different. And particularly for first-time home buyers, there are a lot of things that are going to come up that you have no idea are going to happen. Let them guide you through that process. What they do best is get you from contract to close. That was my experience. I think it'll be yours as well. And they've got an office in Fayetteville. They're in Springdale, Bentonville, Fort Smith, Branson. You're going to see their yellow signs all over town. And you can log on to WeikerGriffin.com. You know you're the best, Chuck. I'm just telling you. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. Nothing yet on KJ Jefferson. Now, by the time you listen to this, something might have changed. I don't know. We're recording this on Thursday morning. I don't know what's going to happen during the day today. You know, one would imagine, and I kind of do too, that we might have some sort of resolution by the end of the week, but there's no guarantee of that. And there's no obligation on his part to tell us until he's good and ready. They've got until, I guess, first of next month, roughly, to to make an announcement. And I don't know, he may stretch this thing out. Um, We'll see. But I know that's still the topic that people talk about when they talk about the Razorbacks. Rocket Sanders, we know that he's in the portal, and from what I understand, he's already scheduled to visit to South Carolina. I think Pooh Paul, in some form or fashion on social media, uh, let everybody know that South Carolina had offered him. Yeah, you know, I'm not necessarily speaking about these two guys, but when you look at, well, maybe I am to a degree, but more than anything, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking in a general sense, a national sense, if you want to use that term. I have a hard time believing that when a guy announces he's leaving a school on Tuesday and 
you know, he says on Thursday, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go visit this other school. I have a hard time believing that just popped into his head on Wednesday. You know, I, I, I think there have been conversations. And, um, you know, you get into borderline tampering situations lots of times when you get into this. In other words, if a player – and I, I, I will cite Rocket in, in this instance, and I don't mean this in a critical way at all, but – Whatever Rockets NIL deal was at Arkansas, whatever he was getting, it doesn't stand to reason that he's going to go play somewhere else for less. You know, that doesn't that doesn't make sense. Um, by the same token, when you have a player that has been everything but available, everything but available for the last four months, are you going to commit the same number of dollars that you did before. So my point in all of this is, and this is a long way of saying, I think a lot of these guys have a pretty good idea about what they're going to do before they enter their names into the portal. And given the way that the world works and given what college recruiting is turned into, um, you're not going to leave one place where you know you're getting this amount of money unless you know that at the very least – I'm going to get a slight pay raise wherever I choose. And I'm certain that conversations are had before any of these things ever become public. And I can't help but believe a lot of these deals have been essentially signed, sealed, and delivered before the general public ever finds out about them. Which leads me back to KJ. You know, maybe there's uh, maybe there's some stuff going on there right now. Maybe NIL plays a role in all this. Maybe there are deals being made. I don't know. I, I have no idea. But I do know that if you are a player at a certain school and you have been getting a certain amount of money through NIL deals, you're not apt to leave for a pay cut, particularly when you think you're good. When you think you ought to be getting a raise. So um, how all this factors in, I don't know. But we're a long way from being finished. And um, we'll just have to see how it all plays out. Which leads me into some of the conversation that has been going on nationally this week regarding the future way that players are compensated. Student-athletes, how they're compensated, specifically football players, I think in terms of fan interest. But it goes well beyond that from an administrative standpoint. Title IX, all sorts of things come into play. Long story short, Charlie Baker is the NCAA president. He used to be the governor of the state of Massachusetts. He's a learned man. Um, He has taken a job um, that I think has got to be one of the most difficult tasks in America right now. Being the NCAA president, I mean, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. Aside from the salary, which I'm sure is really good, I can't imagine that this is a job that does not come without daily headaches. And his proposal is essentially that the upper echelon of college sports would form their own division. And for all intents and purposes – They would be free to pay these student-athletes whatever they can come up with. Now, there are some qualifiers to be considered in this group. There are some dues that you have to pay. 
essentially you're going to have to pay half your qualifying student athletes a minimum of $30,000 a year. Um, you can start doing the math. You know, when you talk about kids, and this is before NIL, by the way. You know, when you start talking about uh, Arkansas has got 465 student athletes right now, 19 sports. Some schools have more, some have less. Um, there's not going to be a whole lot with, with, with much less that are going to be making this move. But um, there will be schools with more that will certainly make this move as well. Arkansas will be in the group. Um, you know, right now, the Power Five is going to become the Power Four, but the number of teams is still going to stay about the same. In fact, it's going to go up. You're going to have 65, 70 schools, you know, within what will become, I guess, the Power Four. And then you'll have some on top of that that will go in too. Uh, roughly 100 probably will make the leap. But, you know, let's say Arkansas funds 200 kids. You know, 200 kids. Uh, you know, let's just go conservative there for a minute. And that, that's probably a low number. You're talking about in the neighborhood of $7 million. Now, apparently what's going to happen in this is that um, there will be an intermingling of funds, whereas, you know, you've had um, the NIL program, you've had separate athletic program, you've had your foundation program, you've had – and in many cases, frankly, they compete against one another. But um, it sounds like, based on what I read, that this will all be brought under one umbrella. Now, his letter – to the NCAA schools went out on Tuesday, spoke in Las Vegas yesterday, and Sports Business Journal, I think, had a conference out there. All the big wheels in college sports were there. Sankey was there. Some of the others were there, too. And um, he talked about it a little bit more. And the general consensus when it was over was that what he is doing is beginning the discussion. You know, we've talked about how at some point the elites are just going to break away. You know, we've, we've, we've said that now for many years, even before NIL and the portal. We've talked about how that was coming. This is probably the first real step. You know, the first real step beyond just words. Um, because there's going to be a significant financial investment involved. But, and this is where I think, you know, the television networks come into play and, and ESPN's got it figured out. There's so much television money right now that if you can pay for players, pay for scholarships, NIL, educational benefits, cost of living, if you can bring that under one umbrella, then it can be paid for by television revenue. You know, right now your NIL fund's separate. You can't be throwing ESPN money into that. You know, then you got your foundation that's trying to sell season tickets. They're actually competing against the NIL if you want to get right down to it. You know, if you got $5,000 to spend right now and you're a fan, where are you going to put it? You can put as much as you can into buying players. That's just kind of how the game's played right now. So um, it's a crazy deal. And I'm not going to sit here and claim that I know the answer. I don't even know what's going to happen. I had no earthly idea 12 months ago that we would be into the situation that we're in right now. But I do think, and I've said this before, that this is the first time, this portal period is the first time that I think a lot of the average, everyday college football fans are beginning to realize just exactly what's going on out there and just exactly the type of money that is being spent by these schools. And, you know, when you talk about this proposal from Charlie Baker, 
you know, you commit roughly $7 million, and then that's not sports-specific. You know, you're not even buying you a football team at that point. You're just anteing up. You're just getting in the game. And uh, so there's a lot of money that will be spent on the other side of that. But if it can all come under the one umbrella, television revenue pays for it and at least helps pay for it. ESPN has made certain that the conferences they favor have the most television revenue. What does that allow you to do? It allows you to hire the best coaches. It allows you to hire coaches that could be coaching at the professional level if they so chose, but they make so much money as college coaches, there's no reason for them to do it. Got a lot more job security if you're good. Um, They make certain, for example, that the SEC, that their institutions, the schools whose games they televise, have the best coaches available. They're going to make certain now they have the best players available. And again, if, if you can commingle all this money, it can work. If you keep it all separate the way it is now, I don't think it can. I don't think it's a sustainable model. This might be. Um, I wouldn't rule anything out. But I do think, as the Big 12 commissioner even said, Charlie Baker is directionally correct on this. Now, I realize this is really, you know, getting into the weeds, so to speak. And most fans, they just want to know how good you're going to be. What kind of quarterback's Bobby Petrino going to sign? How many points are we going to score next year? I know that's what most people think. But what's going on right now, I also believe, has made people understand that money is a big, big part of what's going on. And just as it's always been, those with the most do the best, and those with the least struggle. And it's um, it's not going to change just because it's college sports. You know, each and every day we're brought to you in part by Bet Saracen and the Bet Saracen app. And I know it's going to be active. It's been active this week. It's always hopping on the Bet Saracen app. And when you download it, And if you've not downloaded it, you need to do so. And when you do, what you're going to find out very quickly is why it is Vegas, Arkansas style and why it's Arkansas's favorite sports betting app. If you're going to be the most informed and if you're going to have the most fun, you need the Bets Harrison app. If you've not downloaded it, do it today. They've got a how-to-play video. They'll get you ready to roll with the Bets Harrison app. All right, I'm going to stop for today. I've rambled long enough. Tomorrow, Matt Jones is going to be here. Razorback legend Matt Jones. We'll obviously talk some about football with Matt, but Matt's first love, I think he'll tell you, was basketball. I know he's got thoughts on Arkansas and Oklahoma. We'll get those tomorrow. Hope you'll make plans to be here then, and I hope you're having a great week. Until tomorrow, thanks for listening. Subscribe to the Gimme the Hogs Chuck podcast. Go to hitthatline.com or search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to rate, review, and share. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.